Okay. Uh, the, the, the book of Bamidbar is called by Chazal Sefer Kudim. Kudim, the word Pekuf Dalit, Pakod, means to remember. But it also, in this particular context, in a more specific context, means to count. Sefer Kudim. And it's called Sefer Kudim plural because the people, B'nai Yisrael, are counted twice in this book. What an arrow parasha, in the parasha of Bamidbar, and then again in the parasha of Pinchas. A lot of counting in one book. And so the name that was given to the book by Chazal, you know, Chazal had alternate names for the uh, various Humashim, the Sefer Kudim. The Ramban, his introduction, and then the Tziv, his introduction to his commentary, tried to deal with this question of why the, the, uh, the Torah, or why Chazal called this book of the Torah, Sefer Kudim. When there are other exciting things that happen in the book of Bamidbar that could be noted. I mean, okay, counting, it's true, there are counting, but it's also true that there are few things in the Torah that are as boring as the counting of B'nai Yisrael and then the summation of the counting. Right, for those of you who come to Shul on Shabbos early enough, you have to admit that staying awake for the counting is a special effort. It demands us, you have to sort of convince yourself that something is really going on when you know that they're just being counted. And then there are tribes. And you may not have noticed, but there are not many tribes around today. Even though some people would have us think that they're all in Burma. <laughs> but I can't imagine that. You know, sometimes you have to go with your gut instinct. And my gut instinct tells me what? They're not discovering tribes in South Africa. South Africa? I don't know. I was in South Africa. I decided to leave. They have all those uh, people of unknown ancestry, and they want to blame us for them. Well, anyway, counting is very boring. Counting is very boring, and therefore, the question always arises: What is? That why is it so important for us to know how many Jews there were in the desert at a particular time in Jewish history? Now you know that the Zohar has this comment to make about the Torah and says, the Zohar says, you can locate the most profound chapter of the Chumash if you want to. Now all you have to do is think the whole Chumash, right, in your mind, like in that computer that you have in your head. Just go through quickly the whole Chumash, Breshis, Shmos, like, like one of those Bar-Ilan programs, Vayikra, Bamidbar, Devarim. Now, which is the most profound chapter of... This is the Zohar. I'll tell you what the Zohar says. I'll tell you what I say. He says, what's the most profound chapter in the entire book? An entire five books of the Torah. And the Zohar says what? Alufayes. Do you remember when I, I taught that once? Alufayes. What's Alufayes? There's a list. What? It says it someplace. Alufayes. The chapter of Alufayes is the chapter that tells us Esav, his wives, his children the kings that derive from Esau. So, of course, we, who come from a different context, we would say, you had to choose the least relevant chapter of the Torah for us today. Everybody, if you would remember, would choose the chapter of Alufei Esau. The Zohar says that the most profound chapter in the Torah is the chapter that describes the family children, grandchildren of Esau, which is a chapter that I imagine none of us is particularly interested in. We have enough trouble 
with relatives that we don't want to know about. We certainly don't want to know too much about Esau. Now what did Zohar mean? What did the Zohar mean? He said, the Zohar meant this, that if you find in the Chumash something that seems to us to be trivial, unimportant, unnecessary, uninteresting, like you can say that about a psukim in the Torah, like say that about some psukim, you'll know that those psukim can only be understood profoundly. Kabbalistically, like you can't just take it at face value. You have to delve into it to find what the Torah really meant. So that there is this idea in Parshanut. The Zohar, after all, represents a certain kind of Parshanut. That there is this idea that when something looks like it's really unimportant, really unimportant, you better look very carefully. Because the Torah is probably covering up something of great importance. You know, the Rambam says in Mor Nebuchim, my mother, the Rambam says in Mor Nebuchim that the importance of the chapter, Ko'at Alefei Esav, is that it mentions Amalek. You know Amalek? Amalek was a descendant of Esav. So, so there's a mitzvah to kill Amalek. You may have heard this someplace, but it's true. There's really a mitzvah to kill Amalek. So you have a problem. Let's say you go and you meet somebody says, points to you and says, he's, he's a real Amalekite. So I, I have to go kill him. But I have to be sure that he's an Amalekite. So I'll ask him, where's your Tudatzihut? Who's your father? Who's your grandfather? Are you sure that you are really the son of, right? It's only, I have to look into the How am I going to check? to see if he's really Amalek. So the Torah gives us, this is the Rambam says, the Rambam says the Torah gives us the family of, of Amalek in order that we should be able to question the supposed Amalekites and ask them who their relatives are. And if it works out, we'll know that this is the guy we have to kill. So it's not so easy to kill Amalekites. I mean, they have to, you have to be sure about who they are. So I tell you that there is this interest. We have an interest in finding meaning in the text that seem to be obvious. What does Rashi do? Rashi helps us. The first Rashi, the first Pasuk. Let's read the Pasuk. By the Be'a Hashem HaMoshe B'Mivar Sinai Ba'ol Mo'ed B'chad L'Chodesh HaShini B'Shana Shinit L'Tzaita Me'eretz Mitzrayim Le'Mor Right, so there's a background. When this happened, and what what was happening, and this was you know that this is the Chodesh Hashemit, and you know that later on in Bamidbar, in Perek Tet in Bamidbar, right there's the story of Pesach Sheni, and the story of Pesach Sheni took place in Chodesh Arishon in Nisan. Those people came in Nisan and they said to Moshe Rabbeinu, "With Meim." We can't participate in the Korban Pesach. What should we do? So that the beginning of Bamidbar is Bachodesh Hasheni. And Peretetin Bamidbar is Chodesh Arishon. And from this we learn, Sachim says, from this we learn the rule, Ein Mukdam Umulchar Batorah, which means, Ein Mukdam Umulchar Batorah, that things written in the Torah are not necessarily chronological. They are usually chronological, but they're not necessarily chronological. And you learn it really, the Machloket in Parshanut, the Machloket is, did the Gemara mean that this is the only place, which is more or less the position of the Ramban, or did the Gemara mean that this is just an example? And there are many places in the Torah where you could say, Ein Mugdam Mukhar Torah, that's the position of Rashi. That's the Jirachi, that's the position of, of the Ramban. So this is the first Pasuk. What is it that, that, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught or told Moshe Rabbeinu, Pasuk Bet? Su'u et rosh kol adat b'nei Yisrael l'mishpechotav. Su'u, lift up. Lift up rosh. Et rosh kol adat b'nei Yisrael. So of course the Pashman deals with all of these words, but for us in general what this means is count 
בני ישראל במספר שמות כל זכר לגולגל אותם, right? It's a head count. You're counting each and every person in B'nai Yisrael. That's the tzivui. So every time there's a tzivui that doesn't have any application, that's not continued in the world after the Torah, so always it's a problem. Why, why would the Torah tell, even if it made sense that B'nai Yisrael should be counted, but why should the Torah tell me something that happened once in history and is not going to be repeated again? I mean, that also is a kind of problem in understanding what the Torah says. So look at Rashi. Rashi says this. You see the Rashi? So the words mean, since God uh, loved the Nei Yisrael, He counts them Kol Sha'ah. Kol Sha'ah means, what do you think it means? What? Yeah, but I don't think it means every hour, literally. I think it means often. Right? Or any time. It could be any time. And was, what does that mean? What does that mean? Rashi is going to list the times that the Kodesh Prophet counted the day Yisrael. He told you about time. So it, it's kind of in itself, it's a meaningless act. Because if you ask me, why did God count B'nai Yisrael? So the question is, usually, what was the purpose? What, what comes of it? What good accrued to B'nai Yisrael? Because God counted them. Question, answer, nothing. It's just a sign of God's love. It's good for us that God loves B'nai Yisrael. But it's not good for us that God counts B'nai Yisrael. That's just an indicator that, that there's chiva, that there's a special relationship. So the Rashi gets us into a quandary. And that quandary is, how many psukim do you need for the Torah to tell us that God counted us Yisrael? Wouldn't one be enough? And God counted them. And here's the summary. What if not all these psukim telling us something that uh, uh, seems kind of uh, unnecessary? God counted B'nai Yisrael. Why? Because God wanted to show his relationship to B'nai Yisrael. But the counting itself doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean anything to me to find out how many people there were in Ruvein or Shimon or Levi. It doesn't mean anything. I don't need it. So that remains a question. Then Rashi says, he, can, he shows us the places that B'nai Yisrael counted. When there were a lot of Jews killed after the Chet Ego, they were counted. You know, when they built the Mishkan, also they were counted. That's here, that's, that's the second month. So Rashi, I think Rashi makes it I don't think Rashi makes it easier for us I think Rashi makes it more difficult for us I mean because we want Rashi after all is the one who taught us Chumash every one of us because when we were children we all went to Cheder whether we went to Cheder we didn't go to Cheder it doesn't matter but when we were children we should have gone to Cheder and we would have done what we should have done we would have been a cheder, and we would have learned Chumash and Rashi from the time we were little children. Because that's how we always learn Chumash. And what did Rashi teach us? How did Rashi teach us the Chumash? Rashi always taught us every word is important. Every word counts. Every word has to be looked into very carefully. And what does Rashi say here? Okay, except for counting. Counting, you don't have to look at each word. It's not that important. That's what Rashi teaches us here, and that's difficult for us. That's difficult for us. So, again, the, the, the parasha that goes through the names of the Nisi'im. Right, first tells us who, who's going to be counted. Look at Pasugil ben Asim Shalav Amala. Okay. 
That's how you do it. Pasuk Dalet Vitchem Yiyul Ish Ish Lemate Ish Rosh Levet Avotad Hu. Ve'elu Shmot Anashim Ashiyamdu Itchem LeRuven LeShimon LeLevi. Right. And all of this is in preparation for the county. There are tribes. Each tribe has an Asi. Uh, you'll do it, Moshe and Aaron, you'll do the counting. And then, at the end of this, of these Sukkim, it says this, Pasukritchet, that kol ha'ida hikhilu, ve'echad l'chodesh ha'sheni. And they got everybody, kol ha'ida. Ida, Ida is a hard word. I mean, it means community or group or but again, here the question is, by tribe or altogether? In an organized fashion or in a, just like, get them all together something, somehow. So they did it. That's what the Pasuk says. Except there are a couple of words that I don't understand. Okay, I've told you what the problem is. That I understand. The first day of the month of Now, this word, appears here. It appears in this Pasuk. Now, on the one hand, it looks like a word that I recognize. Of the root Yud Lamed Dalet. Right? Yalad, Yeled. Right? All of those kinds of words that have to do with childhood and birth. Now, the form of the verb is what we call Hitzpael. And Hitzpael, for some reason, we tend to think, or when you go to Old Khan, I guess they tell you that Hitzpael is the form of the verb that you use when you do something to yourself. Like, Hitlabesh, I dressed myself. Hitzpael, I cut my hair, even if I had a barber do it, but I, I'm the one who did it, right? I started it. So that's Hitzpael. So, Vayit Yaldu. What could that possibly mean? I mean... I gave birth to myself, right? I, I birthed myself. Everybody was immaculately conceived. An unfortunate uh, kind of uh, parshanut. So I don't know what it is. Well, it's like everybody, you know, everybody, all Jewish children are princes, if they're not kings. So I guess they could all be so means something I don't know what it means I don't know what it means but it has something to do with Mishpacha and Beit Avotam Mishpacha is my uh, more uh, uh, atomic family my uh, what? <laughs> and, and Beit Avotam it's like my more extended family. You know, like I have a... I know who my family is. I know who my relatives are. Right? My family are the people who bother me all the time. <laughs> my extended family are the people that I don't invite to my sickness. Right? There's a special list. They don't bother me. Then you have that word, Google Otam, which is annoying. comes at the end. So this Pasuk says, is I said something summarizing about counting. Vayit yaldu lemishpechotam levet avotam mispar shemot miben esrim shana v'mala legulgelotam. Every word here is worthy. But I'm mostly interested in vayit yaldu. What can that word possibly mean? Along comes Rashi. Listen to Rashi. Rashi says, "Heviu sifrei yichusayim, ve'edei cheskat leidat kol echad ve'echad lekiyaches al hashkeget." That's what Rashi says. I mean, it's a chazal. Okay, 
So it's a chazal. But listen to what Rashi. You see what Rashi is like. Rashi say, you know, I don't have a clue. I, I, I can't figure out what this word means. What does Vayitiel do? So there's a chazal, and it says that Vayitiel do means they gave birth to themselves. They gave birth to themselves. How did they get give birth to themselves? Because there's an underlying event that's taking place in this county. There's something that's taking place here that we didn't think about. And what's taking place is that you have to go to the Mishad and they have to agree, Jata Yehudi. And if they don't agree, you're not going to get counted. That's what Rashi said. And therefore, Rashi said, in spite of the fact that there were Jews in Yitzhak Mitzrayim, there was also an Erev Rav. There were other people who left Mitzrayim. What was the difference between the Jews and the Erev Rav? How did we know who is who? After all, when they left Mitzrayim, nobody was putting on tulip, right? Nobody was shaking a lula of an esrog. Nobody was eating kosher food. I mean, you know, everybody was the same. It is the same. I mean, they weren't talking Yiddish. So, so the Arab Rav, I mean, the Arab learned how to speak whatever language they spoke when they came from Canaan. Other people could learn. There were other people in Canaan. There weren't only the family of Yaakov Avinu. Vayitialdu. They gave birth to themselves when they were counted. How did they give birth to themselves when they were counted? How? By associating themselves with the Mishpacha, with the Beit Avotam, and with the Sheikh. They did it. They made themselves into, into Jews. Because it wasn't enough to say that Har Sinai. You had to have proof of Jews. And what did you do? You brought Sefer Yuchasid. What was Sefer Yuchasid? Sefer Yuchasid was Yaakov Avinu, had a son. His name was Yisochar. Yisochar had a son, and they all had sons, and here I am on the list. That's called Sefer Yuchasim. What made the Sefer Yuchasim dependable, reliable, acceptable? I don't know. But if there was a Sefer Yuchasim, obviously there was, it was dependable. So, what? Well, okay. They brought Eben, but that's always a problem. Sefer Yuchasim, Eidei Cheskat Leidat Kol Echad Right? In other words, Eidim who can say, we knew this guy has a Jewish mother, or this woman has a Jewish mother. That's what, so that, that uh, uh, suddenly, from this word, Vayityaldu, Rashi has created, Rashi has created a subtext, even though Rashi himself said in Pesach why were they counted? Which means that it's not, has nothing to do with us. We're the beneficiaries of the counting, so to speak. As long as HaKadosh Baruch is concerned about Am Yisrael, it's good for us. And the counting reflects a concern. But here in the word, Rashi says, it was not purposeless and uninspiring. It was the crucial moment in Jewish history. It was a crucial moment in Jewish history up to that time. More important even then, Yitziat Mitzrayim. Because Yitziat Mitzrayim created the mess. And the counting at the beginning of Amidbar straightened out the mess. What was the mess? The Erevah. What was the straightening out of the mess? By Yitialdu al that's straightening out the mess. Who are you? Jewish. How do I know that you're Jewish? Well, here's my Sefer Yuchasid, here's my Edei Chazakah. It straightens out the mess. There was a clear delineation between Am Yisrael and anybody who wanted to be part of Am Yisrael. And that distinction, according to Rashi, was created at this at this time. The Ibn Ezra says, you see at the bottom of the page, the Ibn Ezra thinks that Rashi went a little bit too far, whether he talks about Rashi or not, it doesn't matter, but, but he, he also knew the Chazak. 
And the Ibn Ezra says, see at the bottom of the page, Vayit Yaldu, Bikshu, Matai Noldu, Bavu Cheshbon Kashana. So, Ibn Ezra says, Vayit Yaldu means they owed up to their birthday. They came to be counted, and everybody had to say when he was born. Because uh, they had to know who was 20 and above, and who was, say, 20 and below. And since they had to know that, that's what Vayit Yaldu means. So, so the, the Ibn Ezra says Vayit Yaldu, it has to do with the birth, they sort of spoke about their own birth, but he compromises the importance of the event, I would say. But the Ibn Ezra, part of the reason that they counted was to know who is worthy of being a soldier and going off to war. So they had to know when everybody was born. So it's not such an important matter. According to Rashi, Vayit Yaldu is the most important thing that happened in Jewish history until that moment. Maybe in some ways even more important than Matan Torah, which was visited by Am Yisrael and the Eirebra. This was the implication of, the first implication of, of Matan Torah, that there had to be a distinction. The people who accept the Torah on one hand, and the people who do not accept the Torah on the other hand. That's what, that's what the Ibn Ezra says. Let's look quickly at the, uh, at the Ramban. You see? The second Ramban, the second. Hevil sifrei yichuseihem veidei cheskatu edat kol echad veechad v'kyeches al hashevet l'shon rashi. Right, l'shon rashi means direct quote Rashi. That's the, the Ramban, the Ramban quotes Rashi and the Ibn Ezra Kisegen. Right, that's how he, he understands the Chumash. Even though he disagrees with both, and sometimes he disagrees with the Ibn Ezra in a kind of a violent manner, nevertheless, you don't disagree with people that you don't have a very high regard for. I mean, it's hardly worth the trouble. So the Ramban as I think I've told you in his poetic introduction to the Torah, mentions specifically that he bases everything he says on Rashi and the Ibn Ezra. And then he says that with the Ibn Ezra, sometimes it seems that he has a tochacha migula, but that he has an open, uh, caustic argument with him. But he says you should know there's always ahava musteret. There's always, and that's always the difference. That's really the difference, I think, between civilized conversation and uncivilized conversation. Civilized people yell at the people they love. <laughs> and uncivilized people are not discriminating. <laughs> so he says, he says, I yell at the Ibn Ezra because I love him. Tochacha migula He's like thinking about Rashi, and he can't picture it. I mean, everybody, everybody, I'm Israel has to bring a book, has to have like a credit card, they go through a machine, it says Jew, I mean, he doesn't get it. He says, "Aval ba'it yaldu shedim du toldotam mishpichotam bevet avotam hatam." What does ba'it yaldu lomar? Ki kasher tziva otam Moshe came mipiach kadosh bochu mikalu kol aida kulam apetachomu echutz me eretra asher lo mibnei Yisrael hema ki nikarima yubahem yom sheetzu b'mitzrayim. In other words, when Moshe Rabbeinu said, "Look, we have to count." They all came to the O.L. Mo'ed. They all gathered together. That was the Eidah. But, but the, the Arab Rav, they didn't come. They knew they weren't included. Every person brought a shekel. He's describing, every person came, and said, I am so and so, my father, and so and so I belong to this tribe. 
But only skip it, Vachem Odle, Gilgul Adamsa. The second time when Ezra counted, which is in the Pasha of Pinchas, these phrases do not appear, the Ramban says. Give me eight. Shechanu, the Diglehem, the Divosh, what the Zemi said. This problem had already been solved. So you didn't have to say, I'll do anymore. And you didn't have to say, All of this happened the first counting. So that the first counting was distinct from the second counting. So the Rabban said the same thing that Rashi said. The difference is that Rashi said they had to bring concrete proof. And whereas the Ramban says, it was enough that everybody came and said who they were. Because all the other people were listening. So since you're listening, if somebody comes in who's just who's not known to anybody, says I'm Jewish. So of course no one's going to accept that. The second time. We count this, you only have to know how many families in each Shevet, and therefore, the second time in Pinchas, we didn't have to list the names of the Nesim, because what did the Nesim do? They validate, they verify, right? Somebody comes and says, I'm Moshe ben Yanko, and I brought the Shevet Yisachar, so you have there the, the Nesim, Shevet Yisachar, he says, yeah, yeah, we know him well, we know him well, and I mean, this doesn't always work, I remember I was once on a plane and I met the Carolina Rebbe, there's such a thing. So he was on a plane, I was on a plane. So I go to the South Hasidish looking guy, and I say, where's the Kalina Rebbe? I hear he's on this plane. And I'm very excited. So he says, over there. So he's pointing to the guy, so I go over there. And he had it, the Kalina, the Kalina. My parents, the Colonel of Rafa, both came from families of Kalina Hasidim. And they come from... You talk about me or him? Yeah. So, 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 uh, I say to the Rebbe, my father's name was such and such, probably the, and my mother's name was Zandras, and they were, my mother I knew, uh, everybody knew her family, because there's a book, uh, you know they put out this book, a book of Rukitna, my mother's from Rukitna, I said to the Rebbe, do you know our name? Like, like hoping, but I got it. he said, never heard of it. <laughs> so I say, I see this Rabban, I don't know if it always works. The Rabbad said, the Rabbad said that the seeing, they knew everybody. So they were standing there. So here you wanted to get into your shaven in this county. So the Nisim were there as a kind of a check. They knew everybody and they would, they would either say okay and validate your claim or say no. The second time they were counted in Pilchaz, they were already arranged in Shvatim. They lived in Shvatim. Now the Eirev did not have a place in that arrangement. So that problem was solved. For some reason, that account for Israel again. There was a different reason in Pinchas. It was probably because then they were ready, you know, they were counting them before they go uh, for the entry into Eretz Israel. So we could say that the Rashi and the Ramban are similar, except that Rashi demands a different kind of proof. And he says, say for Yochasin. What? Right, right, a, a, a real, a real Sebiyochasin, like we have today in the state of Israel. And, and according to the Ramban, he can't imagine that everybody came out of the shrine with a Sebiyochasin. And therefore he said, he said what he said. So now, what? Sebiyochasin, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We have to, like, you know, someday we'll see the movie. <laughs> No, Chumash, Chumash and Rashi. The movie of Avita? Movie of Chumash and Rashi. We'll see how it all works. Right now, we have to be imaginative. So be imaginative. You can be just as imaginative as I. So the way you imagine it is good. The way I imagine it is good. We're all good imaginers. Now look at the Kedushat Levi. Kedushat Levi is the Levi Yitzchak Badisha. So here you have the Badisha you know who was well known, the Davin of the Claudius Israel, the concern about Claudius Israel. So here's the condition, but he has something to say. He has something to say about this problem. You have to remember that modern, what we'll called modern parashadot, I don't mean in the university kind of parashadot, but, but people who learn Chumash today, right, they learn Chumash, so what, how do they learn? They say, well, there's the Chumash, and then there's Rashi, and then there's the Ramban, and there's the Ibn Ezra, that becomes the Chumash. So what did the Badichava say about our, about our problem? 
So a teacher has said, so a judge today so Bishmukotal Veda Vatam, a call I die killer behind the Khodish Shiliv Gadua Bishmukotal Veda Vatam. Their judge is obviously Abdu. Right. Also, reference to Rashi. Have you say for Yuchasi? That's what Rashi said. So now the Padichara looks at the Khovich and he looks at the Rashi. This is what he says. Linear Elifarish. Kipshuto. Vayit Yaldu. Imagine that. He says, I don't know why Rashi had to bend over backwards to make up Sefer Yuchasin and to make a strange interpretation. Let's learn it simple shot. Simple shot. They gave birth to themselves. Well, we suggested that 15 minutes ago and everybody thought it was funny. Here comes the Bhattichua. He says, Vayit Yaldu. The Shon Leida. Ki Aduahu. Sha'umot ha'olam nityachasim achar imam. Velachem nikreu leumim. Leumim, laom in modern Hebrew, is a nation or a nationality. He says, why is it that the goyim, the goyim meaning not bad guys, but nations, nations of the world, why are they called leum? Right, that's a word of the Tanakh, laom, because it comes from the aim. comes from the word ima. That in the nations of the world, in the nations of the world, Yichus goes according to the mother. That's what he says. I don't know if this is true or it's not true, but let's say it is true. Or we could find, we'll find 75 nations in the ancient world where it is true. I mean, well, it's not interesting. The end of line three. We are different. In other words, after the B'nai Yisrael received the Torah and built the Mishkan, they were different. They were different than everybody else in the world. Everybody else in the world understands that they are the descendants of the mother. They are descendants of the mother. Immediately I'll tell you the raya that the Kedusha's lady doesn't bring, even though he brings it in a special section that he has on Shavuot. He says, what the Padichra is saying is that for Am Yisrael to associate themselves with Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov was not just an option. It wasn't like they do it this way and we're going to do it that way. But to be able to associate yourself to say that you are truly a descendant of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov that reflects achievement. You have to be somebody. You have to get somewhere. They became new. They were a new item, a new thing in the world. The houses of their father. And this is what the Pasuk means when it says, Not only to lift up, but to become great. That Bnei Yisrael became great in this counting. Why did they become great? Because they transformed themselves into the children of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. So when we say, when we say that Anachdom miyuchasim achrei ha'ava, right, it's not of a calling, it's a calling, it's not of a levi, it's a levi, right, that's called Yichas. That's what we call Yichas, but really, Yichas is that we all of us say, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov, meaning that's who we are. We are, like, we got it. We, we figured it out. 
But this, this a grand door of, of the Avot, this special nature that they had, according to the Badichava, was assumed by B'nai Yisrael in this counting, and in this counting they became aware of the fact that they were descendants of their fathers, not biologically, but spiritually and profoundly. Look at the Svatamet. The Svatamet says this, Vayit Yaudu Svatamet. You know the Svatamet? Was the second Ger Rebbe, right? And the, the Svatamet always quotes his grandfather. He always quotes his grandfather, who we call the Chidushe Harun, Rav Yitzchak Meir. His, the, the Chidushe Rim's son, who was the father of the Sfat Emet, died in his father's lifetime. In other words, the Sfat Emet had been born, but his father died. And his father was never the Rebbe. So when the Chidushe Rim died, the grandson, who was the Sfat Emet, became the Rebbe. So that's why in the Sfat Emet, so he learned with his grandfather. He was a Talmud of his father. So if you look at the Sfat Emet, you see he always quotes his grandfather all the time. Adoni Avi, Mori Uzakeni. Right, this is the Aleph, Aleph, Mem, Babzai. Adoni Avi, Mori Uzakeni. Because that was his Rebbe. The Fiduciary was his Rebbe. So he says, he says, Rati Eshtomar Ot, Shekesha Asher. I mean, this, I'm sorry, I, I told you about the, the, uh, the Adoni Avi, but that's in the next paragraph, so, you, so don't forget it, until we get to the next paragraph. Rati Eshtomar Kesharim, Shemish Borad Rosham, Nitalula Madrigal Yonah, that when God suet Rosh, God lifted them up, he says, oh, this stuff, the, 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 the Svatimet takes it as a shoot that the counting of B'nai Israel affected a change in them. It's true that God counted B'nai Israel because God loved B'nai Israel, but you can't be counted without it having an effect. And what effect did it have? So it rose B'nai Israel. B'nai Israel became the great people that they should be. And you know, that giyur, right, conversion. Conversion is something we learn from Har Sinai. This is what the Rambam says, right? That the way that B'nai Yisrael came to Har Sinai, that's the way converts are converted, right? There, there, there's a korban, there's milah, this is all, all part of, uh, and there's tefillah, right? These three things. So we don't have a korban, but we still have milah and tefillah, which is what happened to B'nai Yisrael at the time of Madan Torah. So they are kikot and shenolah. They, they, they created themselves. They were different people. Everybody knows that. Here the, the Svat Amet says, everybody knows that a ger has no relatives. Right? Because a ger is like a new thing. He's just born. He's like a, a new creation. Here, B'nai Yisrael, if you add the Kedushat Levi to the Svat Amet, you say, the Kedushat Levi says, I mean, Svat Amet says, they were just born. And the Kedushalavi said that they knew that they were the children of Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov. That's how the counting had an effect on Bnei They were greater than the ones who preceded them, even though there's a rule that after Matan Torah, the, the generations declined. But because of Matan Torah, there was a, a tremendous jump in the generation, and they weren't greater than the people who came before that. Hagam sheyichusam ayayideavoteihem, that the yichus was their fathers. Bikomakom, kevan shezachu zehador larimotam ulat became al hashvatim nimsashin italu al darot akodmim v'zeshekatuv al mishpichotam. That these people who were counted, as opposed to those people who were not counted, and the counting here was in order that they should be suet rosh b'nei Yisrael, they should be exalted above all others. So this counting transformed them. That that's what the kedushat lady says. The kedushat lady was before Svatimet, but you can see that that there's this kind of idea that is going on. One more 
One more Sfatamet, and then we will get it. Kemoshe Shamate Miadoni Ovi Zikeni Mori Verabi. Right? Sfatamet about quoting the Chidushe Hari. Right? Sfatamet quoting the Chidushe Hari. Zechet Sadek Negrocha. Then a few more. We get the Tegad Eden and the Shema Rabba Kadosh be Parshischo. Rav Sicha Binim of Parshischo. We sometimes say Parshischo. Right? But they always write Parshischo. You know that the Ru sound sometimes gets in the way of things when you don't want it to? So that's what happened. Rav Now you know Sicha Binim was a clever man. You know, but after all, all the Rebbe's were clever. But he's known as clever. So I guess he was very clever. So that's Rav Sichabunim. And he was a, he was a modern orthodox. So he was a druggist. I mean, I don't think you had to go to college then to be a druggist. You just had to say you were a druggist. But, uh, so he was, he, he has like, a lot of interesting things to say. So the Svatemet, you know that Ger is connected to Kotsk, and Kotsk is connected to Pshitzchok. That's a, so. In, in other words, in Hasidus, you only quote people who you are related to. Otherwise, you don't quote them. So the Svatemet was related was related to the Sintha Bunim of Pshischov because the Chidushia Rim was married to the daughter of the Kotzke who was then in turn married to the daughter of the Sintha Bunim. You understand? So they all would appear together at the same Bar Mitzvah. That's how it works. Pshema Rabba Kadosh B'Pshischov Amashukatum La'olam Yomar Adam Matai Yadil Ma'asai Abraham What do you think about that? It's a Mishnah. A person should always go around and say, When am I going to be as good as Abraham and Yitzchak? That's what everybody should do. So he says, Rabbunah, Sikhabun, he says, he says, that's madness. Everybody knows that Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were one-time phenomenon in the use. Why am I going around and say, I want to be like Avraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov, right? If a kid, if a kid playing baseball, Lahabdil, would say, I want to be like Babe Ruth, everybody would laugh at him, right? Right, you know, what's the connection? So here, if you go around, the Mishnah says we should go up and say, when am I going to be as good as Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov? He says, only a fool would imagine that he is going to achieve the greatness of Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov. Udvekut vechibur bimasei avot. Kimasei avot. Bimasei. He says, you know, life, in life, it's not only that you can't do it, but sometimes you can do it when you can't do it. In other words, if you recognize that Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov were greater that anything you could ever become, then you also recognize this, that, that, Yagiyu sheyel ma'asav negiya udvekut vechibur b'ma'asavot. It's true, I can't be Avram and Yisok and Yaakov, but I could appreciate that. I can know who they are. I can understand that I would like to be with them and do as they did. Okay. 
I'm not going to be able to. This is like an educational question. You know the question, always the question about heroes? You know about heroes? So Haredim, they teach children about heroes. And non-Haredim say, oh, you're creating a warped sense of reality. You're going to tell the children about heroes and that they're going to be able to be heroes. They're going to find out that the heroes are not so heroic sometimes and the whole world is going to collapse. And... Everybody keeps saying, it says, nobody looks at what the other person is doing to test. Everybody just has an assumption, and the assumption is that either you have to make everybody into a hero, or you have to make everybody into very regular, very regular. So here the, the Spas Emes says, what it means, what you mean when you make somebody into a hero, that there are heroes in the world, is not, what you're not trying to say is, that you could never be that way. So why be involved in the project? You know, why should you, why should you do mitzvahs? Why should you try to follow the directives of the British I mean, you can't do it. It's Abra Mitzvah Yaakov. They did it. So that's it. So the rest of us are out. We're not in the past. Our Lord comes to Shvaseva and says, no, you have to understand that that itself creates a keshev. It ties you to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. It ties you to some sort of notion of perfection. And the fact that you are not there and that you cannot achieve that kind of perfection is not destroying. It doesn't destroy the personality. Quite the contrary. It gives you a realistic idea of what might be accomplished in life. You could say, oh, I'm not like that. But I can catch on to it a little bit. I can catch the spirit of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. I can know that they're part of our history. I know that they're in the room with us someplace giving us direction. I can't be like them. That's what heroes are. Heroes are not, heroes are not false prophets that can't be emulated. Heroes, as Emma says, are people who we can touch. We can be with them. And you know that uh, the Hasidus was very interested in developing the idea of tzaddikim. And what is it, you know, what, what was the idea, or what are the ideas of tzaddikim? That, that if you daven in close proximity to a tzaddik, your davening would be better. It's an interesting idea. It's an interesting idea. Your davening would be better. Your davening would not be the same as the tzaddik. No. But it's like he gathers everybody up by their uh, bootstraps. He raises it up a little bit. If you just know that you're in the presence of a wondrous event, and then, then it's better. You dive better. You do mitzvahs better. Not that you say, oh, I'm like that. I can do that. But I can be part of it in the larger sense. Heroes are not exclusive. They don't deny me a place within the world that God has created. Quite the contrary. They enable me to live in that world, even though maybe it's only a Shalashidis. Maybe it's only when I go to see the Rebbe. Maybe it's when I go to see, you know, I remember, it's not only Rebbe's, but I remember how affected I was personally. I remember when I saw Rabbi Salavich David. Everybody talks about Rabbi Salvation learning. Okay, Rabbi Salvation was a great uh, Talmud Chochem. But he was also a great davening. He, like, he was serious. Davening Mincha for Rabbi Salvation was a serious event. Serious event. I never saw anything like that. I saw a lot of people davening Mincha. I never saw anybody thought it was serious. It was like always oh, like something you had to do. Like it's either too early, too late, or like let's do it. Let's... Let's do it. I haven't heard of anybody who said, Rabbi Salvechik once said after she said, I'm too tired to daven mincha. I never heard of such a thing. I me mean, personally, when I was a kid, I was sitting in the shir, Rabbi Salvechik said, I'm too tired to daven mincha. I mean, you daven mincha when it comes up. You know, like there's nine other people there, you daven mincha because, you know, well, what's going to happen? You'll forget later or you won't do it. I mean, what's the big deal? Here's Rabbi Salvechik. He daven mincha all his life. He was too tired to daven mincha. I said, gee, that's really something. So I had to think about it. 
in my, my limited capacity. I thought about it. And it was amazing. Dvekut v'chibur b'maaseh obot. V'divrei p'chokham chayim. He's talking about his grandfather, right, who was a great man. That the person, even though we're not all the same, and Avraham Yitzchak more greater than we are, nevertheless, we have a connection. We can connect ourselves to Avraham Yitzchak to the source of our own to the source of our own life. So that means, Vayitiyaldu, you put all of these ideas together. So you see, Vayitiyaldu means there was a new creation. And the new creation came about with the counting. And Bnei Yisrael suddenly became aware of the fact that Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were not an impossible hurdle. It was not something that they could never uh, uh, relate to or think of themselves as achieving. Quite the contrary. Quite the contrary. The Torah made it easier for us. Whereas Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov had to intuit what God wanted of us. Right? Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov just walked around and they said, Oh, it's Shabbos. I better not put the silverware back into the silverware drawer. I mean, they had to figure that out on their own. Whereas we, we don't have to do that. We just wait for our children to come and tell us, to come home and tell us what to do. I mean, that's a... It's not much a pleasure. If I were here, I mean, some of you get annoyed, but okay. But really, really, instead of going to yeshiva for 50 years to figure out why you can't put the silverware into the drawer on Shabbos, so your 10-year-old kid comes home and says, that's it, no more silverware in the drawers on Shabbos. He says, oh, what a mechayim. So here, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, they had to figure out themselves what to do with the silverware on Shabbos. By the way, I always say the matzeket. You know, matzeket is a ladle. You know, ladle, chowd, ladle. It's hot. Uh-huh. <laughs> like the world is going to come to an end. Why do I do it by the ladle? How am I going to get it in the second time? I take the pot off. I put it on the floor. I hold it. I have three kids standing there watching the pot. It should escape. Like, can you imagine Avram Yisrael Yaakov had a pot of chowd? What did they do? They said, no problem. They had the ladle under control, the pot under control, others under control. Everything, everything is fine. So we have it easy. Because all the things that we're supposed to do, we have children who tell us. We have children who tell us what to do. So that's a cinch. It's a cinch. So we have, we have it easy. We have it easy. We can keep Shabbos, we can keep Yontif, we can talk them. we're supposed to have it. It's really, a, it's a, it's a Mechayim. Okay, there's a lot of details, but we can do it. We can get a lulav, we can get an esrog, we can get kosher food, you know, those kinds of stamps on the food. Imagine, I'm so young, they go around, that they check themselves, that they raise the, the, the animals themselves, that they tell everybody, I'm not going to tell everybody to do birkas hamoza on here, we don't do it, we just hand out those birkas hamoza we got at the last 30 weddings we went to. Everybody says because of Muslim. I mean, what's the what's the issue? Imagine Avramavita lived in a world. He's the only person who said because of Muslim. Imagine what a world that was. What kind of what kind of spirit you needed to be able to keep benching, right? But for us, for us, it's a problem. It's like it's hard to stand on a bench. You know, like it's like there. Here it is, bench. So this achievement of the counting. According to all the Peyushin, all the Peyushin that we learned, everybody has it in a different kind of way. According to Rashi, according to Rashi, they established themselves. They were to distinguish themselves from the people who would not become the Torah, the Eretz. And the Ibn Ezra says something similar. The Ramban just disagrees about whether they were Sefer Yusin or they weren't Sefer Yusin. The Kedushas Levi, the Svasemes, they talk about the birth. Like when was Am Yisrael created? The Am Yisrael that functioned in Olamazeh. So at Har Sinai, well that was Har Sinai. I mean, that's not something that's going to be repeated. It was not an experience that you could take into the world with you. Adarab. You have to go out of the world to get to Har Sinai. Swasema says, Swasema says, as the Kedushas Levi says, that this idea that you can connect yourself to your forefathers, in this case, the Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov was created. The idea itself was created at this time at the counting 
the word Vayitial do is what teaches us that so that the counting of B'nai Yisrael far from being uh, an unimportant exercise represents represents the actual achievement of B'nai Yisrael and becoming B'nai Yisrael. It's true, they received the Torah, but they had to find where they're connected to, how life comes from something, and the something that they came from was Avraham, Yisrael, and Yaakov, and that's the meaning of the word Vayit Yaldu. Have a good show.